0: I don't know if you can bring yourself back in time to the very first time that you entered large group on your campus. Do you remember how it felt? Do you remember if you showed up with someone or alone? Do you remember how you were received or how you weren't received? I can remember my first large group time. And I've been to many, many large groups on many, many campuses. And it's amazing how sometimes, at a large group, you can kind of show up, and you can leave, and you can actually not connect with someone. But then at other large groups, you can show up and not want to connect with someone, and you cannot do it. Because people notice that you're there, and they connect with you, and they want to welcome you in. Well, I really wanna start there. I wanna start with giving you a vision for how your large group communities can really image the gospel on campus. So hopefully at every large group, the gospel is being taught, right? We're receiving the gospel. But the second thing that we're gonna talk about in making your large group irresistible is the gospel-making community. So, it's not just something we learn, it's something we do, and it transforms our culture. So, the goal of our time together, if you remember one thing, is that gospel doctrine, gospel doctrine creates gospel community. And if it's not creating gospel community, we have to say, hmm, something's off. Where is something off? That is the goal of making a a large group irresistible. Gospel doctrine automatically creates gospel community. So this is a 20-minute turbo breakout, and we are going to rock through a couple scriptures and talk about two goals and one, one realization, one reality. They're on your outline. Number one, a goal of beginning with the end in mind. When you get to large group, you wanna begin with your goal in mind and think about how can I get there? How can I make this time a gospel community, a gospel application time? That's the first goal. Second goal on your outline, be the person you wanna have at large group. Yeah, I think we all can admit That when we feel welcomed by someone or when we feel noticed or cherished or valued, it makes a big difference. Someone had once said, people want to know that they belong before they want to know what you believe. Hmm. So belonging is really key. So you want to be that person you want to have at large group. And lastly, the realization, I hope you know that actually every single campus should have a large group that looks a little different because we have different goals, excuse me, different giftings and different people that we're reaching out to. So it's okay to modify your large group so it actually fits who's on your campus. We're gonna delve into these three things, but first let me pray for our time. Father, I thank you. I thank you that we can slow down and we can think about, large group, DCF, back on our campuses. And I pray that even the tools that you give us through your word and through our time together, that these tools will stick. They will stick and they will become very practical so that even though we have a whole summer to go through before we're back on campus, I pray even in our churches that we would start to practice and apply some of these tools and these principles that we learn together. For your glory and your glory alone, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I already told you the, the Primary takeaway. The main point is gospel doctrine creates gospel community. So, hopefully, everybody has that written down somewhere because that's our starting point. Gospel doctrine creates gospel community. This is what makes large group irresistible. Don't you all want to go to large group and leave it feeling energized, feeling encouraged, feeling equipped to do what God has called you to do? Yeah. This is exactly what we want our large groups to feel like, whether you're a Christian, whether you're a non-Christian and just exploring these things, feel welcomed in. You see, at DCF, the gospel should be preached, but it also should be lived out. At the top of your outline, did you see what it says? DCF, large group, is a foretaste of heaven. Did you ever think about that? I mean, we all know we're not in heaven yet, but shouldn't our communities on campus actually kind of have a foretaste, like an appetizer to the meal? Like, what would heaven be like? Well, look at the community of Christians on campus. Vertical grace coming down horizontally affects our relationships with one another. Open up to Romans 15, if you will. This is my favorite scripture on this concept of beginning with the end in mind. The reason it's my favorite is because it talks about welcoming others and it connects it to Christ. So look with me as I read it. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Why? For the glory of God. Where should you see the glory of God on your campus? At DCF, at your large group, should display God's glory. I don't know if you've been in this position. I have been in the church or even in large group where you look around and you think, wow, all of these different types of people, I would not be this tight with except for Jesus. Amen? And that is a supernatural community that you get to be a part of. When you feel like you're different from someone, it's usually a superficial thing, difference. Because if you have Christ in common, you have everything that lasts forever in common with these brothers and sisters. So look for it. That is God's glory being displayed. You see, when we welcome Each other, as Christ has welcomed us, the gospel is not just heard, it's demonstrated. Think about how Christ welcomed you. Romans 5 has been talked about before. There's three things in Romans 5. While you were an enemy, while you were a sinner, while you were weak, Christ died for you while you were running the other way, while you wanted to just boop in and then have nothing to do with him, he pursued you. He welcomed you into his community. Here's how we live in light of the gospel day by day on your campus. Welcome, welcome one another. This is not just be nice to one another. This is welcome one another as Christ welcomed you. You move toward that hard to love person. Because you were that hard to love person. And Jesus pursued you. Saying hi is good, but there's got to be more than that. This scripture doesn't say, say hi to one another as Christ said hi to you right? (laughs) It's way deeper. It's way deeper. What has Christ done? What reality do you live in light of? See, Jesus opened his very heart to you. This is personal. This is intimate. This is deep. Jesus Welcomes you into his life and therefore into the whole community of the Trinity. Do you see the belonging that's communicated in this idea of welcoming and how Christ welcomes you? He says, I've called you to be friends. This is sweet gospel friendship. He has decided to redefine your relationship with him into one where he says, you are my friend. You are my friend. Therefore, in light of all this gospel reality, in light of all Christ has done for you, In the same way, welcome others. In the same way, wow. And this is that idea of beginning with the end in mind. When you get to large group, you get to demonstrate the gospel to others. This makes large group irresistible. Irresistible. Do you know, we actually, if we are Christians, we kind of have no right to settle for shallow relationships. We just have no right to to settle for shallow relationships because we have been welcomed by Christ. We have a deep, non-superficial relationship with Jesus who always longs to go deeper and deeper and deeper And that must be true for how we interact with each other. Now, it's true. We can't go deep with everyone, right? (laughs) But we can be eager to, right? We're finite people. So actually, we just don't have enough time to go deep with everyone. But we can be eager for it. We can look for it and long for it, be willing to be known, be eager to know the other person before us. We can work toward going deeper and have openness to deep friendships. I want to put some adjectives to this. Affectionate, intimate, vulnerable, honest, welcoming. This is what he means. This is what this text means by welcoming others. You see, on campus, you all, we all, we are not just kind of like another club on campus, just another community to be a part of. We are a totally different community. We are a supernatural community. Everything else is a counterfeit. We are the real deal. And we get to demonstrate that to our campuses. Our community is supernatural. God himself is the center of it, is present in it. We need to see how incredible this is. And we get to be a part of it. Okay. I want to be honest. I think we all know that we all have people that we gravitate toward naturally. You know where I'm going. And then there are other people that could be more challenging to move toward or spend time with. Like, let's be honest. That's our reality. I want to let you know that you can not only live by faith, you can love by faith. You can love in a way that is opposed to how you feel. You can love with needing a lot of Jesus to love. Or you could just love in a way that "Ah, I don't really need much Jesus because I like these people anyway. Right? Don't you want to love? in a way that needs a lot of Jesus? Yeah. One friend of of mine calls this living beyond faith. It's loving by faith. It looks like this. You see that hard to love person and you're tempted in the flesh to be like, turn away, but instead you pray. And you start moving toward that hard to love person and you pray, Lord, help me to know how to talk to this person before I get there. Give me a question to ask. Help me be curious. They're made in your image, Lord. Help me to see it. Yeah, this is live loving by faith and start with a smile. Just say, hi, I'm Shannon or hey, we never get time to talk. How's your week? I just want you to know, uh, Maria Noyes, after this session, is going to be doing a session on how to start conversations in the gymnatorium. You know, if you feel like, oh, I don't know how to start up that conversation with that new person or that hard person, I encourage you to get over there. You'll learn way more than I can even start talking about in my short uh, breakout. Here are some practicals, four practicals in order to begin with the end in mind. Number one, show up 10 minutes early. Why? Because then you're in the right state of mind, and you're praying, and you can welcome people as they come in. Show up 10 minutes early to large group. It will make a huge difference. That's number one. Number two, plan to stay a half hour afterward. Plan to stay a half hour afterward and help people feel seen and welcome, particularly someone who's outside or sitting alone. And I just want to um, put this out there, too. Sometimes, I don't know if, if your fellowships are like this, sometimes people hide in their click. They actually feel very alone, but they just like sit with their peeps where it's safe, and then they leave. Do you know if you put yourself in the middle of that group of people, it can actually care for people in the group who feel very alone and unseen, but this is just their safe space to sit in. So, so look in that way. And if you show up early, that's a good way You can look out for those clicks. So show up 10 minutes early, stay uh, 30 minutes late. And then number three, have time in your schedule for a meetup. Have time in your schedule when you can connect again outside of large group. And all of this, I just want you to know, because some of you are seniors, all of this applies to church as well. All of these skills. Have time in your schedule where you can meet up with someone you just got to know. For me, often, Wednesday morning breakfast is just the time I have in my schedule. So if I meet someone new, I'll be like, hey, you want to get breakfast on Wednesday morning? And maybe they're like, oh, I can't do Wednesday morning. I'll be like, when can you do? You know, And see if you can get that connection outside the meeting. Number four, get contact information. So practical. So practical. Don't give your contact information. Get it. <laughs> and then text them right away. So then they have yours. Okay? So there's four real practical ways to begin with the end in mind and apply this idea of welcoming others in the same way Jesus welcomed you. All right. Here we go. Number two, second goal. Be the person you want to have at large group. Like I said, we all want to be encouraged and equipped. We want to leave feeling more energized to to be a missionary on campus and get our work done in classes. So open up to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. Let us consider... I hear flipping, I'll wait a second. Hebrews 10, 24, all the way at the back of your Bible. Let us consider... How to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as some are in the habit of, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I expect this text to say, don't stop meeting together, instead meet together, as if that's the opposite, right? Logically. That's not what it says. Do you see what the contrast is? Don't neglect meeting together instead, but encourage one another. That's the opposite. So why do you meet together? To encourage someone else, one another. That is the goal of meeting together. That is what it means to be the person that you want to have at your large group. You go with that intention. I am going to celebrate what God is doing in this person's life. I am a treasure hunter looking for evidences of God's grace in other people's lives. And I'm going to verbalize, wow, God's doing a good work in you. Because he is. He's at work in his children. This is our opportunity to encourage one another. So application, practical application, pray for two things. Pray that you would be encouraged. Pray that you would receive encouragement from the Lord as you get to know people and are curious, as you listen to the word, as you sing the word, as you hear a testimony maybe. Pray that God, Would encourage your your heart and your soul. Be open to encouragement. You need it. We all need it. Admit you need it. Look for it. I don't know if you've ever had this situation where you'll show up to large group, and this is kind of what, what this looks like sometimes in my life. And I know how stressed out beyond belief a person is and how much they've got to do the next day. And lo and behold, they're a large group. I mean, they don't even have to do anything. Just by being present, it encourages my soul, right? And we can even be that person to other people when they know we are stressed out beyond belief, but we're like, no way, I need this, more than I need an hour or two more to study, you can be that person that encourages just by showing up. And you can also be encouraged by that person that could have bagged it, but showed up. Sometimes encouragement simply comes by being present. So pray that you would be encouraged. And then number two, pray that you would be able to give courage to others. That's the second thing to pray for. And look for opportunities. Man, I got some more to say, but my time is up. So we're going to stop right there. Thank you for coming. If you want to talk more about this, I would love to talk more about it. If you have questions, talk to your staff as well. And I'm going to pray and we're going to go to the next breakout. Father, thanks for this time. Oh, time is the enemy. But thank you, Lord, for this time that we have gotten to talk about welcoming others as Christ has welcomed us and encouraging others and receiving encouragement as we meet together. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen.